It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Do you trust the process? Because it kind of seems like there are a lot of Reds fans who don't. I'll tell you why you should on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr. I am a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan that's turned an addiction into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to join me and talk some Reds baseball here on a Monday in November. That's right. You are a Reds fan for sure. Lockdown Reds is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. We are free and available on all platforms all year long, talking Reds baseball, whether you want to listen on your favorite podcasting app or you want to find us here on YouTube. If this is your first time watching, thank you so much for doing so. And hit that subscribe button, click the bell to get notified because we're here all year and we're absolutely free. On this Lockdown Reds podcast here, you've got me, you and me talking Reds, as Steve will be back tomorrow. Had a little bit of a scheduling conflict over the weekend, and sorry for the late release on this Monday afternoon, but I was waiting on some news, and I was a little bit lazy over the holiday weekend. But let's talk about the news, because Sonny Gray is a St. Louis Cardinal. That hurts just saying it. And, and I'm not going to not going to sugarcoat that. We'll talk about what that means for the Reds and, and, and why it has some Reds fans in an uproar. And, may, and maybe it has you in an uproar. And I want to talk about why that is because I'm not. I'm not that mad about it. I also want to look at an injury that happened over the weekend in a Dominican Winter League game to Noel V. Marte and what that means for Jonathan India and why it underscores his importance to the Reds. Plus, later on, we'll look at a few minor moves that the Reds made and one prediction that I have that's actually going to play off what we talk about here to begin today's show. Before we talk about all of that, though, I wanted to let you know today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And where we will get started today, St. Louis Cardinals have signed Sonny Gray to their starting rotation. Third starting pitcher that the Cardinals have signed in the last couple of weeks. And quite frankly... If you're keeping score at home, that's three starting pitchers for the Cardinals, zero for the Cincinnati Reds this offseason. However, if you really want to get micro about it, there's reasons that this isn't that big of a deal. The three. Now, Sonny Gray is a huge ad for them, and I've seen some reports, nothing substantiated about the the total money, but the uh, initial reports are three years, $75 million for Sonny Gray. That is an awesome deal. Sonny Gray just turned 34 years old, a three-year deal, absolutely within the realm of uh, reasonability. And this is a deal that I could have seen the Reds making. So on the surface, this is a miss. However, there's lots of reasons that the outrage that I've seen as far as reactions to this deal in Reds country is a little bit confusing to me. 
let's unpack this because look, Sonny Gray going to the Cardinals stinks because we like Sonny Gray and we don't want to have to root against them. But if he's on the Cardinals, we're rooting against them. Sonny Gray might've been your favorite possibility this off season for the Reds to go get, but he's not the only possibility. This starting pitcher market, and we've talked about how competitive it is. It's competitive because it's deep. There are many options on the free agent market or on the trade market for the Reds to go out and get their guy. Sonny Gray was not the only solution to the Reds' issues here. And there's the other thought. The other reason that you might be mad about this move is that you're like, all right, don't the Reds do something already? You know, it's that, that, that meme, you know, trying to poke the Reds with a stick. Come on, do something. It's not even December yet. Like, as, as much as I would have loved a big move, and trust me, my subconscious is killing me on this because I had a dream the other night that Steve and I did an emergency live podcast about the Cincinnati Reds signing starting pitcher Milton Adams to a two-year deal. Now, don't go look at Milton Adams. That's not a real person, and that was totally a dream that I had. But I'm just telling you, it's eating me up inside, waiting for the Reds to do something. But I also understand this. It is November. As of this recording right now, it is November 27th. We haven't even gotten to Reds Fest yet. The last time that the Reds made a impactful move, a, 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 a big free agent move before Reds Fest was Mike Moustakas. So... It, it's not as if this is a common occurrence in this town. It's not as if this is a common occurrence with this team. So to say that we're running out of patience and we haven't even gotten to the winter meetings yet, that's a slow, slow your roll a little bit. But th- that's where my confusion comes because, okay, the, the, the Cardinals got better. But they did it in a very, very hasty fashion. Nick Crawl wants to get this right because his predecessor tried and failed. Let's call it what it is. Dick Williams did an amazing job at being active, going out, making moves. He did a fantastic job of restructuring the development system with this organization, restructuring how this organization builds talent through the minor leagues, all the way up to the major leagues. He also did a lot of things with free agents and making trades and stuff that didn't work. It didn't work. How many playoff games did this team win? Not even series. Games. So, yes, you can do lots of things. You can spin your wheels and turn your gears and and do stuff in free agency. But just because you do stuff doesn't mean success follows. You've got to be smart with this. And Nick Crawl doesn't have to be hasty with this. He has a strong, young core of talent and a deep free agent market of, of, of pitching with which to pull from. So he doesn't have to be the first guy to the podium. And I feel like there are lots of fans that have seen the moves that the Cardinals have made and said, look at them. They're better than the Reds are right now. And on November 27th, that is true. But guess what? Pitchers and catchers don't report for like two more months. Almost three months. 
really more. I guess it's really three months. I can't count, but long time, lots of time left. You still have huge names out on the market, whether you're talking about free agents with Blake Snell and you've got uh, Jordan Montgomery still out there. The guy that I really would love to see them go sign. You have so many different options out there. You have trade options like Dylan Cease and Tyler Glass. Now, I don't think that Corbin Burns would be in division, but Corbin Burns is supposedly available. So many different options are out there so that Sonny Gray is not the reason to get mad about this offseason. If you think that the the Cardinals signing Sonny Gray officially dooms the Reds to a bad offseason, you don't know the offseason of baseball. Because Nick Cross still has plenty of time. And much as... Dick Williams was the guy that really did lots of moves and, and made lots of trades and signings for this team, but he did so in kind of a, I mean, he basically had to rebuild the team through free agency and trades. That's what the Cardinals are doing right now. Last year, the Cardinals lost over 90 games. Last year, they were last in the division, and it was a very clear last in the division. They tried to bring up young pitchers and young hitters and show that the future of their team was just as exciting as the Reds or even the Pirates, but they failed. And some of their major leaguers who had had very inspiring rookie career or rookie campaigns and, and second year campaigns took a step back. Dylan Carlson, Lars Newtbar, those guys didn't quite take the step forward they all thought they would. So the Cardinals had to inject life. So they had to be the first to the podium. The Reds don't. So I'm not worried. And I don't think you should be either. And you might be. I'd love to hear from you in the comment section here on YouTube. Excuse me. Um, here on YouTube. Or you can hit me up on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs. I'd love to hear why you're worried. Because you might be saying, well, in the past, the Reds didn't do anything in the offseason. Nick Crawl wasn't the general manager in the past. Nick Crawl's in control of this team. And I trust that his plan is a good one because so far it has been. You know, Noel V. Marte proved over the weekend why Jonathan India is so valuable to the Reds. I'll explain why coming up next. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is FanDuel. Because you can score often during the NFL season with FanDuel. They're America's number one sports book. And if you're like me, maybe you threw a couple of bucks on the Bengals this past week and thinking that Jake Browning might take him to the promised land against Pittsburgh. But uh, yeah, that's why I'm an optimist when it comes to Cincinnati sports. But hey, if you're a new customer to FanDuel, you can be even more optimistic because if you pick a winning money line bet of $5, then you can get $150 in bonus bets back. It's that easy. I mean, go sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Place a $5 money line bet, and if your team wins, you get $150 added on to that in bonus bets. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time. Plus, you've got uh, basketball, lots of NBA stuff, lots of college basketball stuff. The Bearcats are phenomenal this year. Very excited to watch them each and every game. Lots of talent, and Wes Miller looks like an awesome coach. This could be a fun year to be a Bearcats basketball fan. Uh, and so many more things. And plus, you've got the money lines, like I mentioned. You've also got point spreads, over-unders, lots of prop bets as well. Be interested to see what Jake Browning's uh, passing yardage over-under is for his second game. Is it 205.5 in this last one? And I actually made a little bit of money taking that. 
Um, but there's there's all kinds of great ways to turn your sports knowledge into cash with FanDuel. Uh, so, like I said, you know, the whole money line thing, you sign up today, you go to FanDuel.com, place a $5 money line wager. Maybe you think that the, the Bengals will get a win this week. You place $5 on them, you win, you get $150 in bonus bets added on to that with FanDuel. They're the official partner of the NFL, and they are the official sportsbook of Locked On. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Over the weekend, in a Dominican Winter League game, Noel Vimarte left the game early with an apparent leg injury. Now, he was stealing second. He actually, it's, I think this was his fourth game with Gigantes, the Dominican Winter League team down there. And he actually had a four-game hitting streak. I mean, you're talking about a guy that just gets hits. He just hits the ball all the time. But he had a single in this one. It was in the eighth inning. And then he stole second successfully with a head-first slide. But he stayed on the ground. Now, when you watch the replay, there was nothing really awkward that happened in, uh, you know, in his running stride or anything like that. But he stayed on the ground, kind of grabbed at his leg, not necessarily, you know, you, you, you think of grabbing your leg, you think of King Griffey Jr. grabbing his hamstring. I, I can still close my eyes and see that. That wasn't what he did. But he did kind of like reach down toward his leg and kind of feel like the hamstring area. The, the trainer came out, took a look at it, and then helped him off the field. He, he was not able to walk off the field under his own power. He kind of, you know, had to have some help. He did walk down the, the uh, dugout steps on his own. Um, but it did look precautionary. It did not look like egregious or anything like that. Uh, but it was a injury to a player who should be a key part of the Reds next season. And this injury really underscores the value of Jonathan India. All of the trade rumors that we've heard, especially since the offseason started, have been teams are calling the Reds, teams are talking to Nick Crawl about Jonathan India, and Nick Crawl is constantly saying, we're not actively trying to trade him, but we're listening. We're seeing what people are saying. And that's what any good general manager should do. But Steve and I have maintained, Steve has made this point, and I wholeheartedly agree with him that Jonathan India is far more valuable to the Reds than, or on the team than he is as a trade chip. But with this injury to Noel Vimarte, and there's not been any reporting, I've, I've looked and I've tried to see if there's any more further reporting as to what the injury is, how severe it is, but this underscores the importance of having him here, even though, objectively, India is the fifth best outfielder on the team, or infielder on the team. He is a guy that would fit in very nicely. You could put him at second base if Noel Vimarte is hurt. You put him at second. You put Elliott third. You put Matt McClain at short, and your infield's still golden. You still have CES at first or Spencer Steer at first, whoever's there first. With all of that, if you trade Jonathan India, then you make some weird thing. Spencer Steer can play second, but then you have to shuffle the outfield around. You weaken the outfield. Having Jonathan India is important here. 
now the 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 injury to Marte kind of brings this into light too because I I thought this whenever I first saw the video that I have always had a lot of respect and I love the guys that play over the winter. Usually it's uh, prospects or guys who are trying to make a name for themselves, not necessarily established in the major leagues. Now you still hear about guys from other teams like Ronald Acuna still plays over the winter for the Braves. And that's still super impressive to me. Like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, whenever he was announced as the NL MVP, he went out that night in a, uh, I believe it was a Mexican winter league game and hit a Apo taco home run to the opposite field. So he's just, you know, underscoring his uh, amazing ability to play the game of baseball. But with this, I mean, Marte finished the season with a beautiful hitting streak for the Reds. It's not as if he has a lot to prove, although I think he's going into spring training expecting nothing, believing that he is owed nothing. And I really admire that. But with this injury, he should absolutely shut it down. I don't want to see him playing anymore until... You know, everybody reports to Goodyear. Because with this, it's, it's really about, you know, keeping yourself loose, keeping keeping your mind sharp, you know, keeping your plate discipline intact and things like that over the winter. Because, I mean, we even saw last, last offseason with the Arizona Fall League, Marte had bad numbers in Arizona. Matt McClain had bad numbers in Arizona. That didn't mean anything, numbers-wise, translating into the regular season. It's all about staying fresh. But if you're going to get hurt, and if you're going to have to play through injuries to do it, that doesn't make any sense. I hope the Reds kind of step in here and say, all right, Noel V, appreciate the dedication. We want you healthy coming into Goodyear in February. Because looking at the, I mean, I mean I'm not going to try and play doctor because I'm not, <laughs> as much as, you know, uh, medically, we, we always love to talk about players and look at replays and say we know what happened. But looking at it, the trainer kind of looked at his calf. He kind of looked at his hamstring, not necessarily sure. I did see some folks, you know, talking about in last summer while he was in the minors before he was called up, he dealt with a minor hamstring issue that kept him out a couple of weeks. Could be a re-aggravation of that. Could be something different. But whatever it is, even if it's minor, his importance is to the Reds. And his importance is to be healthy once spring training begins. And I hope that that's kind of where he places his focus. But again, this is why India being on the Reds is so important. Because with India, you don't really miss a beat, I don't think. If, if Marte misses time, or, or, or you know, let, let's look into the season. Maybe Marte's healthy. But if Ellie misses time, if McLean Mrs. Ty, Steer, CES, whoever. India can just about play any one of those positions. And, you know, if you're talking about one of them, if, if Ellie or McLean is hurt, then the other plays shortstop. And you still have India on in the infield, and you don't miss a beat. And India can play DH, obviously. I mean, he's a good hitter, so if you're a good hitter, you can be a DH, period. Um and so you're still able to get him in the lineup. I believe, and, and this is going to be another thing that, you know, we hearken back to Ben Zobrist or something like that. I always love to talk about Ben Zobrist. But Ben Zobrist got everyday playing time without having an everyday position. 
Chris Bryant, when he was on the Cubs, especially not necessarily so much recently, but when he was a Cub, got everyday playing time without having an everyday position. Jonathan India can get everyday playing time without having an everyday position. Although if you could argue his everyday position on this team is that of team leader. So again, just goes back to the vital importance of Jonathan India that I think lots of people miss when they're talking about, yes, trade him. Whatever you're getting, trade them. Let's not be so hasty. Seems to be a theme today. Don't be hasty. The Reds brought back a few familiar faces uh, over the last couple of days, which we'll look at, and I will predict a big move that Nick Crawl and the plan that we need to be trusting is going to happen. That is coming up next. Before I talk about that, though, I want to let you know, you can follow us in between episodes. You can follow me on Twitter, X, whatever, at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two Fs. And you can follow the show at Lockdown Reds as well. Also join the Lockdown Reds Discord page. You've got a link down in the description of this episode. Talking Reds baseball all year long. Lots of great uh, folks talking Reds baseball all year long there on the Lockdown Reds Discord page. All right, so it was announced earlier on Monday that Rivar San Martin is back on a minor league deal with an invite to spring training. And it was announced over the weekend, I believe it was on Saturday, that Alex Blandino is back on a minor league deal with an invite to spring training. Bullpen depth there with Blandino. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Although, I mean, hey, when he was a position player pitching, he actually didn't pitch all that bad. Um, but it's nice to see those two guys return. I believe that Steve actually predicted the Rivar San Martin return uh, whenever we talked about him getting non-tendered. I think that's a great move for the Reds. I mean, they know what they have in Rivar San Martin, and he could be very good left-handed bullpen depth. That's why I was so – I wasn't necessarily shocked, but I was a little bit surprised whenever they non-tendered him because you don't typically – just move on from a lefty so willy-nilly. And San Martin had shown when he was healthy a couple of years ago that he could be a solid left-handed option out of the pen. Now, whether that continues, that's going to be up to him. This is this is a, you know, a prove it, a you think you can be a major leaguer, you go out and you do it type thing. So I, I, I applaud these moves. They're not the moves that are going to move any Boynton's needle, and nobody's saying that the Reds are better for making them, but these are the kind of moves that you make underneath the surface that go under the radar that could be important come July or August or whatever. And Blandino, I mean, you know, super depth in the infield, not really expecting there to be a whole lot from him. Maybe he sticks with the team all year, maybe not. We'll see exactly how that goes. But let me give you this. I mean, I'm make I'm I'm making a prediction, straight out. I'm I'm not going to, to, you know, to hedge it or qualify it in some way, saying that oh well, just in case I'm wrong. No, no, no. The Reds are going to trade for Dylan Cease. I don't know what the trade's going to look like. There have been many different uh, proposals out there. I've seen some. White Sox blogs uh, coming up with their own proposals. I've come up with a proposal over at InsideTheReds.com. Um, and also, I saw this, and and this proposal was hilarious to me. Uh, because if anyone out there, if you remember, 
Once upon a time, the Reds had a general manager named Jim Bowden. And if you're wondering why he's not still a general manager, maybe you ought to look at this trade proposal that he put into an article in The Athletic for the Reds to get Dylan Cease. He said this, I like Dylan Cease going to the Reds and then a minor league package that uh, plus Jonathan India uh, could possibly inquire him here, here, acquire him. Here's, here's what Jim Bowden said. He said, uh, Jonathan India and right-handed pitcher Ty Floyd. Now Floyd was a first round pick for the Reds. He was part of the supplemental round, uh, the number 38 pick in last year's draft. Uh, he's shown lots of upside, maybe even upside that is comparable to Dylan Cease. And, uh, you know, the White Sox will get their long-term second baseman in India and a young starting pitcher in Floyd. Now, maybe the Reds would have to throw in a kick or two, but there is a deal to be made here. If you're wondering why Jim Bowden's not a general manager anymore, um, the White Sox fans saw this and they were furious. And they should be. It's just a drastic, drastic underpay. Uh, you know, I, I, I like to go to baseballtradevalues.com and try to match values and stuff if I'm if I'm creating a, a trade proposal. And I went there and I put that trade in. India and Ty Floyd for Dylan Cease. Huge underpay. Uh, according to baseball trade values, Dylan Cease had a value of around $40 million, and India and Floyd together had a value of around $11 million. Now he does, he kind of puts like that little qualifier at the end. Maybe the Reds would have to throw in a kicker. A kicker? A kicker of $29 million in value? That's like the whole trade. <laughs> have to do like a whole nother trade, according to the baseball trade value site. But it's just, it's funny to me because I've seen so many different proposals. And, and quite frankly, my proposal that I put at InsideTheReds.com was very strongly based on the values of baseballtradevalues.com. Um, it, it, it was pretty heavy. If you see that post, I had a lot of players in there, and some folks read that and said, that's an overpay for the Reds. And quite frankly, I might agree with them. But if the trade is Jonathan India and Ty Floyd, I think I do that yesterday. As much as I just said how important Jonathan India is to the depth of this team, you're basically getting Dylan Cease for Jonathan India, which means you're getting your ace at a very reasonable value on a trade and very reasonable value on a salary. But uh, but all of that aside, I don't think it's going to be that easy to get Dylan Cease, but I think that the Reds get it done. There's lots of reports that are saying that the Braves are really trying hard to get Dylan Cease. The Cardinals, I believe, were in on trade talks but signing Sonny Gray may change that a little bit. Um, I, I've seen there are some other teams that are starting to get in on the Dylan Cease trade negotiations. I think the Reds are the team that gets it done. The Reds and, and the Baltimore Orioles are an, another team as well. The, really, the Orioles are the only team that kind of scares me if you're comparing apples to apples for a possible trade because they have more prospect depth with which to trade from. But I think that the Reds can get this done without – completely gutting the farm system, but at the same time, this would be a huge move. This would be the move that we stand up on a table and we say, the Reds are going for it. The Reds are all in on this season. They're ready to go. 
because Dylan Cease is legit. He's had a couple of really good years. Last year wasn't as good as two years ago, but I, I still remember, I think it was 2021, the White Sox came to Cincinnati and Dylan Cease pitched, and this was still when pitchers were hitting, and I think he pitched a shutout. He was either shut out or like one run allowed or something like that. Absolutely dominated the Reds that day. And on the hitting side, he had three hits. Pitchers don't hit anymore, so that's really not that big of a deal. But still, he showed his value on the field. And I'm predicting that the Reds get it done. Still not necessarily sure what the trade's going to look like because proposals are all over the place. But I, I really think that this is the move that Nick Kroll is working on. This is why we're not seeing, you know, the Reds signing bullpen guys, the Reds signing a, a right-handed outfielder right now because he's working on this deal, and once he gets it done, then he moves on to the other stuff. That's my prediction for you for this offseason. And that is how we will end today's show. Thank you so much for checking out today's Lockdown Reds podcast. Make sure, if you are not an everydayer, become an everydayer by subscribing on your favorite podcast app or right here on YouTube. And click that bell on YouTube to get notified whenever we've got new content for you because Steve and I will be with you all throughout the offseason every single day, bringing you Reds content every single day because we are Locked On Reds every single day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.